Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special Super Bowl edition, uh, kind of unrelated to the Super Bowl edition of Double Feature Versus. I am your co-host, Black Cinephile. And I am that other co-host, a.k.a. Brad. A.k.a. Brad. What's going on? So I imagine since you're here with me tonight, uh, you're not watching the Super Bowl. Uh, no, I'm not watching the Super Bowl today. Uh, I, I was very disappointed when you scheduled this during the Puppy Bowl, though, as I was very excited about this year's event. What's the Puppy Bowl? Uh, the Puppy Bowl is a Super Bowl-like event that happens on, I think it's Animal Planet, and there's another channel that has it. But it, they take a bunch of, like, a pets that are up for adoption uh like puppies okay. some dogs and everything like that and they basically put them in a ring and it's basically meant to be like for the families that don't watch the super bowl so they have something to watch with the kids and everything they fight to the death uh no they like have a bunch of chew toys and stuff that the whole thing is you have it's actually pretty intricate because i was watching a video on it and I was like, there's no way say, this is real. And I say, that sounds like dog fighting. Like, yeah. you said, put them in a rig. I said, wait, they made that legal? Right. Just for this one time of the year when everybody else is paying attention to football. <laughs> oh, man. No, I never heard of that. I never heard of a puppy ball. When you said that, I, I was thinking, like, best in show. Like, you oh, know, yeah. those, uh, <laughs> those things where people, like, walk their dogs so elegantly. And I guess they get an award for that if the dog like like models on the runway correctly. That that's always been weird to me. Yeah, it's it some people take, you know, training their pets a little bit too seriously. Uh and then we have the yeah. people that teach their pets things like go get me a beer. <laughs> right. Go fetch. Yeah. You know what I mean? simple, you know, low class stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sit. Sit, boy, sit. <laughs> I, I remember seeing one video of somebody that taught their dog go check the baby and it would go into the baby's room turn on the light so they could see <laughs> on the camera and everything oh wow it was like oh that's, that is smart <laughs> yeah that's smart and adorable at the same time but, right you know I, i'm not clowning people who who train their dogs and stuff like that it's just you know i i, I can't see me do it <laughs> the, the most the most i can train my dog to do is sit um, right yeah, if I have one, I don't have one right now. But uh, okay, moving on. So today's episode, uh, we're doing racial comedies. So we're doing two comedies. We could have put get. You know what? There's so many other choices we could put in here, and I guess this is like a well-worn type of uh, j- subgenre of comedy where it's got you got you got two different families, two different races, and you know racial tensions clash. You know, there's there's guess who's coming to dinner. There's a guess who with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a whole lot of films you could put into this category for sure. But today we have a 2010's Our Family Wedding uh, versus 2023 uh, one of Netflix's newest comedies, You People, with um, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. So I think for what this is, this 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 was a pretty good pairing. I feel like this was a pretty good pairing. Yeah, because they both have that same kind of feeling of they intended to get married prior to the parents meeting them for the first time. Uh, they both have a lot of the same kind of notes when it comes to the avenues that they take the humor from with the restrictive mm-hmm. dad and, you know, the kind of different ways that these families have to interact with each other now while also Mm -hmm. playing them a little bit differently. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, you know what? I feel like with this one, since you people is the newest film, let's let, let's get our family wedding out the way. You know what I'm saying? I feel like chronological, a little controversial uh, on, on our show, but uh, I feel like we should do that this time around. You know, we don't do it enough, so it makes sense for us to you know switch it up every once in a while. Of course, of course. All right. So starting off, we got 2010's Our Family Wedding, directed by Rick uh, Famuyi. I hope I'm not saying that wrong, but the director of uh, The Wood and Dope, two great movies, by the way, um, and the, the almost director of The Flash. I think he was originally supposed to direct The Flash. Uh, so, yeah. So in our family wedding, we got um, two young lovebirds. We got uh, Marcus and we got Lucia. Marcus is a young African-American male. Lucia is a young Mexican-American uh, woman. Uh, and they fall in love and um, they are... Uh, set to uh be engaged now lucia's family hasn't met marcus and marcus's family hasn't met lucia um so the funny thing about this is you know in a in a, in a normal world he's like oh okay here's your fiance and they just happen to be black or they they just happen to be mexican but you know because this is a comedy with racial relations that's not the that's not the case here. So basically, the funny thing about this movie is that um, their dads, you know, Marcus's dad, played by Forrest Whitaker, and um, Lucia's dad, played by um, Carlos Mencia, they have a uh, they have a negative altercation before they even know that their uh, that their children are engaged to each other. So um, Miguel, uh, he told he tows trucks. That's part of his job. You know, he he. I believe he's a mechanic, and he also like has a contracting company where he tows cars. So um, he tows uh, Bradford's car. Bradford, who was played by Forrest Whitaker, Miguel played by Carlos Mencia, and they have a negative altercation about this where they they get into it, and Bradford says, "Hey, no, you can't tow my car. You got the wrong car." And you know, um, it's a funny scene where um, Miguel he's trying out this new equipment. And he uh, he drops it. He drops the equipment and the way you drop it is the way you hook the car. He mm-hmm. goes, you know what, man, maybe I made a mistake. And Bradford goes, oh, God, thank you. And then the thing hooks the car. He goes, psych. <laughs> he just grabs the car and, you know, he chases them down the road or whatever. But long story short, these two already have a feud with each other. And there's a racial feud to it, too, where, um, you know, Bradford makes a comment in regards to, um, you know, uh, Miguel's uh, hair, uh, ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect. So cut to they all meet at the restaurant. You know, Miguel finds out that his new uh, son to be is a uh, son-in-law to be is black. And, you know, he has some, you know, reservations towards that race. And then Bradford finds out that, you know, um, you know, his his daughter-in-law is Mexican. But that's not the kicker. The kicker is that his um, I guess his 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 father, I guess I guess you call them like bro fathers in laws. I don't know how you say that. Like like father in law and spirit, but his go ahead. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, like so. Basically, his son, his his son, his son's father in law to be is the same guy that uh, towed his car that he had an altercation with. And from here, it's just a whole bunch of hijinks, pranks uh, that the two men play on each other. Um, them, you know, more or less trying to sabotage the wedding. More like Miguel trying to sabotage the wedding or trying to. Uh, sabotage marcus uh in in particular and just their families just trying to get along for the sake of their kids so they can have a happy wedding and the reason it's called our family weddings because in one scene they decide you know what 
it's your marriage, our wedding. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to prep the wedding. Us parents are going to prep the wedding, and you're going to have the marriage. So, um, and that's not a bad matchup. Our family wedding, you people. So, um, yeah, in a nutshell, that's what our family wedding is. So this was my first time seeing this. Was, was it yours? Uh, yeah, this is the first time that I saw this movie because I, when I was watching it, I was like, okay, I, I remember the ads for this one and the trailers for this one back in the day because when it came to this lineup, I remember seeing, oh, Forrest Whitaker's in this. I recognize that guy. And then it'd be like, oh, Carlos Mencia. Dang it. <laughs> Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man. Listen, listen, listen. I know what Carlos Mencia, there's the whole thing about him being a joke thief. You know, know, we've seen the footage. He stole from Bill Cosby, um, Joe Rogan's dude. You know, Joe Rogan called him out, but Joe Rogan's uh, friend, Ari Shafir, many comedians that we've seen him Mm -hmm. still jokes from. There's there's the infamous clip where he calls into the radio station and he tells him about this this little um like funny event that he's planning, this funny event that's supposed to be racial a little bit. And then he hangs up in a disc jock. He says, we planned that event five years ago. And he <laughs> called in acting like it's a new thing. <laughs> like I can't I can't have Carlos on my show no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah, so we know Carlos Messia today as the joke thief, but I can't deny it, man. In in, in films and comedies. He knows how to work the camera like he, he had he has a comedic charm to him in some regard he does. Uh, but at the same time, when you take his joke thievery into account uh, and also when it comes to his stand up, I don't know if you've ever watched his stand up before, but uh, it, some it, it comes down to say normal thing with thick Mexican accent equals funny. <laughs> yeah, well. You know what? I I don't know. I can't I can't just give him a little slack though. I feel like you can't steal charisma. That's something you can't steal. Like you either you either have it or you don't. And, and, I, and I feel true. like, in, in but, my personal opinion, I feel like he he's got charisma on screen. Yeah, he does have a little bit. In this movie, it's extremely over the top though. You, you got to admit that. Yeah, well, it's an over top movie, right? But yeah. But one thing that I kind of like about this movie that they play, because there is that whole like racial tension, everything like that, because you have, Mm -hmm. you know, Marcus and Bradford are black. Then you have, you know, the Mexican family with Lucia, Miguel, Angela, where or not Angela, uh, Sonia. And, you know, they're kind of doing this a little bit differently where with Bradford and Marcus their mm-hmm. side of it is more Bradford is upset that Marcus is getting married in general. Not so much he cares about what the family is that he's getting married to, but more going, you're you're in your prime. You're, you're not supposed to be getting hitched yet because he's living the same bachelor life that he's been living for a while now. His dad is single. So he mm-hmm. has a whole different perspective on it. Meanwhile, you have the entire thing with uh, Miguel and his family were whenever they find out that Marcus is black, they just have this whole like panic attack situation because their daughter's dating a black man. So I love how when they switch back and forth between the two families, it's like, okay, so it's not each of them is going, Oh, I can't believe that you're dating this race. The dad is literally going, how can you do this? You're getting married. (laughs) You see how my marriage went. Right. Yeah. yeah. I could just do this to yourself. Yeah. I, there is that too. There is uh, different motivations. Um, I'd say 
you know what, man? Like when this film came out, I knew of it, but I just went, you know, I just went, that's just not my type of movie. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend money to go see that, you know, um, watching it today. Uh, I don't think I've changed my stance. Like my, my life will go on after watching this movie. Like, I feel like this was a comedy that there were some scenes that made me chuckle. Like, like they honestly like made me smile and made me chuckle, but I was like, I wasn't like <laughs> slapping the knee or anything like that. Yeah, there were there were more like observational comedy kind of moments than actual yeah. jokes in this movie where you're like, OK, this situation's funny. It has nothing to do with what's being said, but the situation itself is funny. And it, then you have like the whole thing with where Bradford and Miguel are having this entire thing where they're trying to one up each other. And mm-hmm. it just doesn't, I, I don't know why, but it might be because of the acting of Carlos Mencia or whatever, but Miguel comes off as like a huge dick while Bradford is just kind of like, I just don't want this to happen. I just, I don't care. I don't like this. Meanwhile, Miguel is just coming off as the biggest, you know, dick in all of the movie about everything that's happening. <laughs> I honestly think he's supposed to. I think I think I think he's supposed to like like I I, I think Miguel, you know, he, he is a dick. And um, but I, but I want to say this, um, a scene that did make me laugh, like Cecilia made me laugh was um, when they're at um, they're at Forest Whitaker. So they're, they're at Bradford's house. And at one point, um, Miguel goes to his bathroom and he doesn't know how any, he doesn't know how any of this stuff works. Then he comes across some Viagra. Right. And then uh, it spills, and he he's gotta he's gotta clean it up. So he starts taking some. So I like it when he when he goes back to the couch, he holds the pillow to you know to hide his erection. And you know Bradford's like trying to like like bro, give me my pillow. He's like no, like he's he's like keeping the pillow from him as he's sitting down. I thought that was pretty funny. Like I feel like um, you know what I don't know if I want to see Forrest Whitaker in more comedies, but I felt like he. For what he had, he held his own. Like he was a good straight man to like uh, Carlos Mencia's um, uh, over the topness. Hilarious. Yeah, over the topness. I felt like he was a good straight man to him. He was. I will say that most of the jokes from Forrest Whitaker's character came from him being non-reactionary or very normal reactionary to a lot of the situations that were going on. And that's where the mm-hmm. comedy came in with him. I don't think anything he said, I was like, oh, that's a good joke. It was more like, oh, he's he's put in this situation he does not like at all. You know, like when everybody's coming through his house to prop up and get ready for the wedding and stuff. And he's just like, nope, nope, you got the wrong plate. Nope, you, you take that back and go out that door. Don't you dare walk in here with that and everything like mm-hmm. that. So, but at the same time, it's the one thing that this movie struggles with, which is something that a lot of these movies struggle with is finding the reason for these characters to start getting along with each other because Mm. it it just takes a turn out in the middle of nowhere and goes, okay, we got to wrap up the movie. Now we got to have these two rekindle and decide that they're going to be friends. Now we're at the end of the runtime. We got to, we got to, we got to turn this around. I um I'd say with with such a talented cast here, it does feel like a little bit of a waste, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, America Ferrera and Lance Gross, you know, they you ain't got much here except they're the couple that wants to get married. I feel like their struggles and their 
differences are just plot convenience. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that more in the other movie, too, where it's like, uh, well, I don't want to get married anymore because, you know, I'm tired of all this. Like, you know, I don't even know if you're the right one anymore. Like, you know, like I'm, I'm tired of this. And, you know, it's again, I didn't much care for them. Um, I liked Regina King as Angela. And I liked I, I like the kind of like character tra trajectory Bradford goes through. Like, you know, he's mm. trying to get out of his player ways. You know what I mean? And, and settle down with the, you know, a beautiful, smart woman like Angela. That that's the right choice for him. But he's he's trying to get out of his, you know, womanizing ways. You know, the whole storyline with Miguel and um, and Sonia and, and trying to rekindle their love. I feel like that was cool, too. Like, I was more invested in the parent storyline than the main couple storyline. Uh, yeah, well, when it comes to the main storyline between Lucia and Marcus, it, it almost comes off as a B-plot in this movie. This movie yeah, is saying. about the fathers and their struggles with their relationships it, more than having the struggle between these two families come together, which mm. it makes the movie feel a little disjointed at times because we have entire scenes where everything's about, oh, Miguel and his wife are having trouble with, you know, keeping things romantic and everything like that. Meanwhile, you have Bradford who has no idea how to, you know, have a stable relationship anymore at the same time. But they keep touching on those so sporadically throughout the movie that it mm -hmm. breaks up the pacing of the movie, which is about this family wedding. Right. Which doesn't say, help when, you know, you have the two characters have to rekindle at the end because they have like practically no screen time together prior to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd say another favorite scene of mine kind of mirrors the first one is uh when I, I think it was a donkey. The donkey uh, ends up going goat. in the bathroom. Oh, the goat. The goat ends up going in the bathroom and I think he uh I think he takes some of the Viagra. And then, you know, listen, when you write in a goat humping scene, it's hard to not make that funny in any movie. Like It's hard for that not to be funny. I, I don't know, man. I just was watching that scene going, why? Why, why are you doing this movie? Come on. <laughs> Come on. You, you have a movie with Forrest Whitaker laugh? getting humped by a goat. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that, listen, it, how can you not make that funny? Yeah. Uh, the one scene that I actually liked was when they went to the club and you had, hey, bartender, I'm not a bartender, but you're behind the bar and you're tending it. Yes. <laughs> so you're a bartender. No, I'm a mixologist. OK. And then they go to uh, the DJ and it's, you know, hey, DJ, I'm not a DJ. I'm a turntable. I can't remember what he said. Turntable specialist or something. Yeah, it, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. just like, okay, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, hey, listen, I'm not gonna say it didn't have its funny moments. Um, yeah, but overall, man, I don't know. I I didn't like this movie. Like, I feel like if you go do a racial comedy, what makes a film like Guess Who work is because you for, for, first of all, you had natural chemistry between Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That was just natural. Have you seen that movie? I have seen that movie. And so I know okay. what you mean when you say that they actually had natural chemistry in that movie where you're like, you're rooting for them. Meanwhile, in this right. movie, you're going, I don't care. 
honestly, if this movie ended with them not getting married, I just I'd feel the same way as when they get married. It doesn't I have no connection to these characters and their relationship to tell me, oh, no, we got to fight through this. This is this is something that needs to happen in this movie. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I I didn't care. Um, I knew what was gonna happen. I knew they end up together because that's just the way it goes with this type with this type of movie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, you're not invested as you are with a film like Guess Who. It's it's not the same kind of chemistry that gets you invested in in the characters and what's gonna happen. Yeah, I I don't know if I got anything else to say before we go to the rating. Do you? Uh, nothing else. This movie is just, it's a mess. It's not a good mess. (laughs) It's got a great cast that is completely underutilized and a Mm -hmm. plot that is so cliched that nothing surprising about it at all. Yeah, I, um, I, I just don't like that such a talented director and cast was, was wasted on this movie. I, I get us a straight two out of five. I, I give this an extremely generous 1.5. Wow. 1.5? See, when I say 1.5, I had, when you get to the ones, you, there's no enjoyment for me. I had some enjoyment out of this. Th- there was 1.5. I, I think I got like two chuckles out of this entire movie, and the rest of the time I was like, is it over yet? Okay, did they just break up and we could just end the movie now? Can we Can we just get to that point? <laughs> Right, right. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, all right. All right. So 1.5 to uh, a 2. All right. Yeah. That was kind of as expected with that one. Yeah. I don't see how either of us were going to come out with a higher score than that. <laughs> I didn't know uh, much of what I was going to say with that movie. I was kind of like, yeah, our family wedding. Here's the plot. Here's two funny scenes I liked. Uh, and then there's also it. a whole rest of the movie apparently <laughs> yeah yeah so that brings us to the movie you people so you people has a very similar plot in the fact that we have two different races kind of coming together for a wedding uh this time directed by kenya barris we have the story of ezra mm-hmm. played by jonah hill and Amira, played by Lauren London, who come together in a very uh, unique way where Ezra believes that that is his <laughs> Uber driver, uh, which has the kind of play of, you know, going, oh, so you're doing this because you think all black people look the same. No, no, <laughs> d- look, this is literally your sister. <laughs> and the picture is, I'm pretty sure it is a picture of her. <laughs> <laughs> that they used for the actual Uber picture, just without a makeup and everything. Of Lord London, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but after that, they kind of start talking a little bit. They start dating each other, and eventually comes a time where their fam- they have to meet each other's families, and as a result, kind of the different ways that their families react to this situation because Mm -hmm. Ezra comes from a prominently Jewish family while Mira comes from a very Muslim family. And Mm -hmm. as a result, there's that conflict there with religion as well as race. And you have the whole thing where Ezra's family is trying to be as supportive as possible, but incredibly racist in the process. And then you Mm -hmm. have Amira's family that just wants 
nothing to do <laughs> with you know Ezra and his family at all. Uh, it, it should be right. noted that uh, the father is played by Eddie Murphy, which I, I gotta say, Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill was a comedy duo that I never knew that I needed until Dude, watching this movie. I ne- I didn't even know it would work. I didn't even know it would work. I never thought of it. And then this movie was like, okay, I want this again. I, I want another movie starring these two. <laughs> Listen, I'll say this. Um, you know, this film, in, in contrast to Our Family Wedding, it's it's a little bit of a mess on its own, but it's a very entertaining mess that got way more laughs from me. Like, um, like I'd say this, uh, it was directed by Kenya Barris, co-wrote by him and Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. The thing with Kenya Barris is like his his humor is always kind of touch and go when you're dealing with, you know, racial subjects. You know, you got blackish and grownish that's uh, created by him as well as, as well as like his own show um, on Netflix, which I don't know if it was I don't I, it was something with an ish that that starred himself. But, you know, I, I, I always like the conversations he brings to the mainstream about racial topics, because like it's like even if you don't really agree with the comedy or like how over the top it is, you you like that he's bringing such a device divisive topic to a mainstream comedy. But um, I want to say you people like, listen, man, Jonah Hill. You, you got to love this man like he was the saving grace of don't look up. And with a film like this, you, his just his improvisational style of comedy and connecting that with like Eddie Murphy and his like responses to some of the some of the wild stuff he says. Like, I love how Eddie is like the straight man to his ridiculousness in most in most scenes. I, I also <laughs> love. Yeah, because Eddie Murphy does play a straight man in this, but he plays an right. over the top straight man, which is a role right. in a movie that I didn't think could exist. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Me, too. Cause I'm like, uh, I'm like, oh, he's gonna be like this the whole movie. We're not, we're not getting Nutty Professor Eddie, but it, but it works in its own way. You know what I'm saying? Cause he knows how to make the facial responses. The like, what the hell did you just say? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I, I love it. But okay, so where, where do we start with this? Um, yeah, the Uber, the Uber scene was hilarious. <laughs> like where it's like, it's like, no, literally, she looks just like you. It's not. This isn't a thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know that you want this to be a race thing, but it's not a race thing. I swear. <laughs> I love how it would. It, I love how he goes. You know what? Like this, this, there's no clear way to transition this. But I love how he goes. Like you know what? Wherever you're trying to go, I, I know the city. Let, mm-hmm. let me show you around. I was like. So she's just gonna drive off with this guy, like, like, like that's how you transition into a conversation. You have a mistaken, uh, you have you have a mistaken racial moment, and you, you go, you know what? Let me let me show you around the city. Yeah, I don't know you. Yeah, this but this I, movie does take some leaps in logic where you're like, that's how you get murdered. Like this is how a horror movie would begin <laughs> at the same time. Right. right. <laughs> Right. I do think Jonah Hill and Lauren London do have chemistry in this movie. Uh, but I just thought writing wise, I'm like, that's how you transition to the to the date, to the meet cute. It's just like, hey, it's the, show me around. I'm on my yeah. lunch break. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it definitely takes some leaps there and everything like that. But from that point on, I, I kind of like how we're 
we get to see their relationship blossom a bit. You can kind of see mm-hmm. from their sides, like where their holdups are for this as, you know, you have Amira meeting with her family and her brother and everything and them going through the whole, you know, Oh, you're dating. You know, who are you dating? What's, what's this kind mm-hmm. of stuff and everything. Ezra, what kind of guy is Ezra? He's white, you know, playing that whole right. thing. And then, mm-hmm. You have the opposite on Ezra's family side where they're just they're overly excited by the fact that Ezra is dating a black girl. (laughs) See, now, I I like the way this scene is set up because, like, I guess taking the funny away from it, these are the realistic conversations you get from, like, white families that aren't usually around black people or know anything about black culture or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like, you look so beautiful. You know, I I support the BLM movement. Right. Yeah. I think I think cops are over the top, and they have a hard job, but they need to tone it down. You know. Right. I, I uh, absolutely loved the awkward humor that they brought to those scenes when you know Ezra first brings her to meet his family. You know, you have obviously his mother, and going through you know trying to come off is what it would it be as tolerant as possible to the point that it's racist to everything that she's saying i think i think she's um she's trying to make her too comfortable to the point where it's uncomfortable yeah more or less and right. too accommodating right where she's like well you know i gotta say when it comes to the police mom please don't when it comes to the police i just need to make sure that you know that i think that the way they have been treating black people is wrong (laughs) right like this yeah i even love when uh ezra pulls her aside and goes why is now the time that you think that we need to start talking about the police and how they treat people? Well, I've been talking to it with friends. What friends? What what other person have you been talking about this conversation, this topic with? I uh, yeah, to see days of off like this person and this person. Really, y'all y'all talk about that? Right. Yeah, actually, yes, we do. Okay, I highly doubt that happens. Right. Uh, Dude, I love his dialogue with Julia uh, Louise Dreyfus because um, I love when they're at the, um, I believe it's a synagogue where, uh, where where Jewish people like worship. It was just a oh, synagogue, yeah. right? Yeah, I love when they're at the synagogue, and uh, uh, I, this is a dentist. An orthodontist comes up to him, and he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, hey, Ezra, uh, how, how's your penis?" Oh yeah, uh, f- fine. You know, Jonah Hill gives the great Jonah Hill response, like, "Uh." Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. He goes, oh, you know, let's go to the bathroom. Let me check it for a minute. Make sure it's good. You know, I'm 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 okay. He goes, ah, come on, there's no shame. And then he gets distracted. The 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 dentist guy gets distracted. He goes to his mom like, hey, um, I think that dude just made a predatory move at me. Oh yeah, you know, he's in trouble right now. Yeah, there's allegations. <laughs> right, and then she goes, um, you know, I don't know if I fully believed him. He's like, really? I just told you this guy wants to look at my dick. Yeah. You don't, you don't believe him. <laughs> I, I, was like, I like how, yeah, his response. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm gonna have to say I believe the allegations <laughs> given my recent interaction with him. <laughs> right, right. Oh man, I love his, I love his dialogue with his mama. But yeah, that whole meet, uh, that whole meeting with um, Lauren London, meeting uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus and David Duchovny's characters, like it's it's a realistic way 
of how you would meet them. Like of how, you know, a white couple that's not used to meeting, a, um, you know, a, a black woman or a black man that's dating their child, how they would act. You know, they would mm-hmm. be like they they bring up like um, checkmark conversation topics. Yeah. BLM. Uh, oh, Beyonce. She, she's so she's so wonderful. You know, black yeah. excellence is everything, you know, like just checkmark topics. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I also love how his father is so just nonchalant where. You know, he makes a couple comments that you're just like, okay, that's off-putting. But then you have his mom's comments, and it just makes his father look like he's the most sane person in the world. <laughs> I really felt like he was normal. He he had a he had an obsession with exhibit, but you know, he was normal. He, he had an ex- he had an obsession with a lot of like uh, black artists because he talks about you know different singers and rappers throughout the entire movie. Uh, even when he first meets, you know, it, you know, her parents and everything like that. And he's going through, oh, yeah, I know that person. I, I like that person. Uh, but I especially like that they added in the whole religious aspect, too, because you have Ezra's family that's Jewish. And then you have, you know, Amira's family that is Muslim. So on top of like the whole racial thing, you have this uh, religious standpoint where when they're talking about the wedding and they're going, well, you'll have a nice Jewish wedding, a Jewish wedding. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's definitely something that they, um, cause it's like, you know, Jewish wedding. And then you got, you got like, you know, the Muslim part of it too. Like, yeah, I felt like, I felt like that was a good clash. Like, like plot wise, mm-hmm. um, it didn't grab me too much. I was like, all right, that's a nice little background bleep B plot for them to fight about it, a little bit. It gave it another interesting aspect to it instead of it just being the racial comedy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. I definitely hear what you're saying. Um, I was going to say something. So I love how them bringing up, uh, uh, specifically his mom, bringing up the checkmark topics of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it it's... Uh, you could tell like Jonah Hill's character is his mother's son a little bit because he he thinks in his mind, okay, where am I going to invite her parents to tell them that I'm taking her hand in marriage? Oh, Roscoe's chicken and waffles. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's the place he chooses. Like it uh and at some point Eddie Murphy just goes, "So you always hang out in the hood like this and uh date our women?" He goes, yeah. "Uh well, you know, I yeah, I I I I uh I, I go to uh, Langston Hughes Park, which we find out later doesn't exist. You know, I, right. I, I go around. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that when he comes back from that meeting and Amir is like, OK, so I just got off the phone with my mom. Uh, do you care to explain why you decided that you needed to talk to my parents at a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles mm-hmm. <laughs> at lunch? And yeah. I, I love how, you know, Jonah Hill is a great comedic actor and he's proven that he, he can do dramas and everything. And I think in this movie, he has a couple good scenes where his dramatic side gets to show uh, mixed in with his comedic side. And one of those is that talk where he's like, look, I, I, I screwed up. I screwed it all up. You know, I wasn't trying to do something, but you know, I just wanted to talk to your parents to get his permission and everything like that. And, you know, and it's like, okay, this is, this is a very down to earth, version of this character now that believes that he screwed up everything that's a dramatic scene this this is like way earlier in the movie ain't it it is very early into the movie but it's more of the dramatic side of jonah hill's acting than the comedic side 
it's funny you bring up that because I, I got a commentary on that for a later scene. But okay. um, yeah, uh, I wanted to say. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, Jonah Hill just has so many great moments in this scene, like the moment where he quits his job and uh, they got the back and forth, like recurring joke where she says, you know, you got to go in there and, and be juice. Like, oh, yeah. like, be juice. Like, have you seen juice? I have not. <laughs> okay, well, it, I like how there's the recurring joke. Like, uh, you haven't seen juice, have you? Yeah. Like, I've seen juice. <laughs> I've seen juice more times than you. Yeah. If you so. say that I haven't seen juice one more time, I am calling off this wedding. <laughs> right, right. Um, I want to say, like, you know, you got the usual kind of like father trying to sabotage things. Um, between uh, in the scenes between Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a way that can go. That can go like the way it goes in Our Family Wedding. Like there was like the jail scene, which was kind of like just, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't think paper mache is the right way, but like kind of generic dad trying to trap son scene that goes wrong type of moment. But mm-hmm. I like how in you people there are scenes that like that speak more to black culture specifically. Again, Kenya Barris is hit or miss, but I feel like he he hit in some scenes. Like when he, they go into the barbershop and uh, he finds out he finds out it's a crip barbershop and he's got a red hoodie on, looking like a blood. Jonah Hill does, and uh, Eddie Murphy goes like, "Oh, I'm not with this white guy. I don't I don't know him." Mm-hmm. And that part is funny, but when you start going when they start going into the dialogue, it's like you gonna let him tell you to take your red hoodie off and intimidate you and then he shakes you in the shower and all that. I'm like, that dialogue's been done so many times. Like, that that was one of the comedic moments that made me eye roll a little bit. Like, that scene could have been done so much funnier. But, mm-hmm. like, what did you think about that scene? It it did get dragged out a bit. Obviously, it starts yeah. off funny with, you know, him literally pulling Ezra into these situations that he thinks that Ezra isn't going to be able to bounce out of. And I love how throughout the movie, Ezra is completely awkward when talking to people until he's talking Uh to black people. (laughs) And then all of a sudden his lingo just clicks immediately when he's talking to other people. And another one is where the basketball court where he's like, Oh no, Mm -hmm. come on, go in. You know, I'm sure that they got room for you. Hey, you got uh, a spot for my boy Ezra here. You (laughs) know, He wants to play a game and he just completely wrecks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I don't think Ezra is that nervous. Um, I don't think I don't think he clicks all the time with black people. I think there are nervous times he has around black people. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like um I feel like he's just a he's just a naturally nervous guy, his character, you know what I mean? Right, but the times um, that he actually has like an actual voice and stuff like that where he isn't coming off as it's nervous is mostly around black people. Okay. Yeah, I mean wait, wait, wait. Say that one more time. So like throughout the entire movie, you know, when he's talking to his boss and stuff, he has like this very mm-hmm. like social awkwardness. Uh, when he's, you know, talking with other people, he has this social awkwardness as everything's going on around him. But it's in scenes like with the basketball court where he's like completely in his game. You know, mm-hmm. he's not awkward at all. Uh, his podcast that he does with his friend is not awkward at all. And then mm-hmm. you have so it's during those scenes that his social awkwardness is at its lowest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Eh. I, I, I think as it progresses, his social awkwardness goes down a little bit. 
as it progresses, like in those scenes, but not starting off. That's oh, just, yeah. I mean, that's just how I feel. Um, but I hear what you're saying. I was going to say, um, oh, yeah. So while this is going on, I like the scenes with Julia Louis Dreyfus in Lower London. Like, it's not Julia's fault. Those scenes kind of stretch out a little bit. Maybe it's because I didn't feel like Lauren London was like the best straight woman to Julia's over the topness. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like Eddie worked to Jonah's over the topness. You know what I mean? I felt like like when she's like singing a song in the car and hitting the high notes, like I don't feel like I got like the right kind of expressions from Lauren London's face. I felt like, you know, she was, I don't know, you need the right straight man in certain scenes. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like, I didn't get their chemistry as much as I got it from Eddie and Jonah. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I 100% agree that they kind of missed the mark in this movie was the relationship between them. They did a great job with showing how over the top, you know, Shelly is as Ezra's mother. But Amira didn't have the right reactions to her throughout the entire movie leading up until the end. And go on. I think... I think the reactions were realistic, but I feel like in the world of funny, it wasn't realistic funny. You know what I'm saying? It, it didn't match the over the topness of it the same way right, that you right. did with, you know, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy, uh, which I absolutely love how it was going back and forth with them in the car listening to music and, you know, mm-hmm. Ezra struggling. What what's what is the name of this song? Oh, you know, I something in Paris. I don't, you know, buddies in Paris, something like that. No, no, homies that's not Paris. it. Yeah, homies in Paris. <laughs> right, I, right. I, I, you know, no, no, I don't think that's it. You know, I, it's it's got to be on the tip of your tongue. You you got to know it. <laughs> you said it's your favorite song. <laughs> right, right. This is my jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I thought the spa day scene again. Not played out, but because it's like it's not the same kind of energy, it, it it felt played out. Like you know, when she's she's it's got the woman at the desk that's like not really paying attention to her. A woman comes in, you know, a, a, a Caucasian woman comes in, and she pays attention to her and goes, "Hey, how's it going?" And then America, uh, <laughs> Shelly takes Amira to the side, like, "Oh my God, I am so sorry." That that you have to go through this, mm-hmm. and then you realize that the woman that came in wasn't a um, she wasn't a customer. She works there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. Scenes like that, like could um, could have played funnier, but I, I feel like it, it's. Not I think bad. that scene played exactly how it needed to show that Shelly was too eager to mm-hmm. be on Amira's side for situations Absolutely. that didn't even exist. Absolutely, I, I I'd agree with that. Um, oh, I want to talk about Nia Long's character. So Fatima, um, Fatima is Akbar's wife. So I feel like Nia Long was kind of like the the right foil to David Duchovny's character. Like they're both like, they both seem kind of normal with this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have like their little like, like quirks and, and, and stuff, but like Arnold is normal compared to Shelly. Fatima is normal compared to Akbar. Like I, I yes. like that. I like how Shelly and Akbar are the over the top ones a little bit. Um, and um, I wanted to say uh, the bachelor party one. Oh man, the fight, dude! The fu- one of the funniest scenes to me, bro. I love Sam J as a comedian. I love Sam J so oh, much. Absolutely. 
I love it. <laughs> Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy comes up to Mo, who is Ezra's friend and um and business partner. They create a podcast together. And uh he go, he goes, What's up, dude? And uh like, like, what's up, man? And she's like, Oh, my name's Mo and I have breasts. He goes, Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love how they're on a plane and He's literally so he's basically crashing Ezra's uh, bachelor party, which is a whole right. other scene that I absolutely love. And mm-hmm. I, I think I could watch that scene multiple times, and get a laugh out of it every time. But I love how Mo says that. And then, you know, he just goes back to his seat and everything like that. And his son mm-hmm. is there and he's like, did you know that Mo had boobs? Yeah, they're on her chest. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her, his son. Oh, man, I forgot who who uh, I know. It's my man from Dave. I forgot who it is though, but um, I like him. He he has some good timing too. Uh, it was. I don't want to say. Yeah. Oh, Travis Bennett. Travis Bennett. That's who. Yes. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I was literally going through the IMDb list of uh, actors in this movie. I was like, I know it'll pop up soon. <laughs> Look, um, I love how the uh the the strip club scene had had a moment. It had a line that. You know, this line doesn't always work in every type of movie, but in this one, it was so perfect where everyone else is like, you know, like like getting their getting their lap dances on or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Ezra's on the side with uh, Eddie Murphy's Akbar. And at some point, one of Ezra's friends says, uh, you know, um, hey, hey, what's the number to your coke guy? And Ezra goes, I, I don't know what you mean. I don't I don't have one. And he goes, yeah, you do. Last time you were here, you had one. Yeah. And they keep going back and forth. I I love how they keep, you know, you have Ezra kind of giving like the stop. Come on. It, it, no, I don't. I don't. No, you definitely do. Remember the guy that right. we were at this same club last year. You know, he was the guy with all the massive amounts of Coke. And I love how the Coke dealer even shows up. And he's like, that's him, Ezra, that's the guy, that's the Coke dealer. And he literally like, hey, Ezra, thank you for, you know, the birthday wishes and everything like that. Here's one on the house and throws him like a bag of cocaine. And I I love how, you know, (laughs) Akbar's response is, man, Ezra, that's a lot of cocaine you got there. Yeah, like, cause he his his whole thing is he's just trying so bad to find something bad within Ezra. Like he's trying so bad to find to find something wrong with Ezra. And I just I love the way that scene is played out. It's so funny to me. Oh, I absolutely um, love the entire scene in the strip club. It it is the point where I was like, okay, the mix of Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy works one hundred percent, and I will never doubt another movie starring these two. I will be you know day one ticket to that movie if this happens again <laughs> yeah you got well you got to have the right talent behind it too because you know oh yeah that 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 that's needed um yeah 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 i love how um the bachelorette party um i felt was kind of like again you had stupid moments like you know you had the one friend going that that's young miami by the way she she's a rapper she goes uh who's this white woman with with uh mm-hmm. when when Shelly walks up with um Jonah Hill's sister or whatever, and I'm like, all right, they got their quota. There's that one line that's in every racial comedy. Okay, that's out yeah. the way. Like, um, but I like it when they're playing Hangman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the 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 missing word is the word you got to figure out is uh people who move beautifully, and uh 
and everyone starts guessing that Julia's like, okay, okay, does the word start with N? Everyone just goes dead quiet. It just stares at her. She says, what did she say? She says nomads. What was she about to say? I, I can't remember what the word was. Uh, yeah. She said, I was about to say nomads. Or I was about to say some other word that's different from what they thought. And then she dances. And then she puts it in. She types it in. She says, it's dancers. Like the, the word was dancers. <laughs> Uh, I I like it, man. I like that. I like that part of it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um. When it came to uh, you know, Shelley's parts in the movie, it, it some of it did come off as we need to hit this box for this kind of movie. You know, we had to have the moment where you know somebody goes, "Who's this white woman?" We had to have a yeah. scene where you know she accidentally you know takes the wig off of another black lady and not realizing and has the whole thing i didn't know it was a wig you know i couldn't that's so well done you know can you believe that they can figure out how to do it that well now that that kind of was funny though (laughs) (laughs) i ain't gonna lie sometimes i look at my wife's hair my my wife is black and i go man y'all really know how to do this huh i ain't gonna lie sometimes i do that i I be like hey it's so so structured (laughs) But at the same, yeah, it, in this movie, it they take those cliches and they run with them in a way that works oh, yeah. and is funny. But it, sometimes they are still the cliches that you expect to see yeah. in this movie. Uh, yeah. But it, speaking of one of the biggest cliches that this movie has to have is the moment where they're both kind of going through and deciding if this relationship is going to work because of their families and they have the whole breakup sequence and stuff. Yeah. I hated that. Like, I, I don't know how else you can write it, but it's like, you know, you don't like my dad. I don't like your mom. So we just call this quits. Mm -hmm. I'm like, a lot of people are married that whose families don't like them. Right. That's the reason. That's the reason you can quit this. Like, again, it's the same thing with our family wedding and stuff. Like you kind of just, it, sometimes it just happens like you're like okay we got to get to the point we got to get to the dark night of the soul mm-hmm. part of the film we, they got to break up at some point um but what i want to say uh before we talk about that in depth i really do my do i love me some mike apps man i love how he shows up as uncle ej and uh you know when he's talking to Akbar, and I, it speaks to Akbar's character too, because he tell he calls Akbar by his real name before he became Muslim. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love how Akbar keeps saying, "I'm Akbar now." He goes, Man, "Shut up with all that!" <laughs> like you know, you ain't you ain't really Muslim. Like you know, uh, you still eat pork or something. He said that was funny, yeah. um, but uh, I love how he's describing his like little misadventures of like, uh, see, I was gonna manipulate my child support, right? I was being a peeping time to show her cheating so I can lower the amount of child support I pay a month. He goes, how's that going for you? Well, I'm still paying the same amount, but, you know, <laughs> I love this scene so much. It, yeah, it's, it, I gotta say, for a movie that has such a cast of, like, side roles and kind of, uh, you know, people that pop in for a minute to have one scene and leave... A lot of those scenes are pretty memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he, uh, <laughs> I like when uh, Amira brings Ezra over, and he says, uh, "He says, you know, he says you might not want to leave him over. We'll swipe him like a credit card." <laughs> 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 and then Jonah Hill goes, 
hey, don't 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 leave too far, okay? Come back. <laughs> She's walking <laughs> away. Oh man. That was funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's it there is a lot of great humor in this movie and everything like that, which is such a shame when the movie gets to its closing because there's a great scene with uh, Amira and Shelly where Amira just kind of lets out at Shelly about everything that she's been doing. And it's like, okay, it's great speech and everything like that. I think that, you know, Julie Lewis Dreyfus played that scene perfectly for that kind of character. See, I felt that scene was kind of over the top. I was like, I was like, dang, she was bad, but she ain't that bad. Like, I feel like she kind of went hard on her. And I was like, she did go hard on her. But at the same time, the message that it was trying to portray and everything like that. It felt too preachy to me. But I I guess that's the film's. Yeah, I guess that's the film's point, though. Like, it it did what it needed to do. Mm -hmm. I guess it's because I like Julia. I was like, hey, man, are you going hard on Julia? But I guess I had to think of her as Shelly. I guess that's why. Yeah, it, when you put her in the shoes of Shelly, like even the scene where she's like, oh, and now you're going to cry and you're going to be like, you're the victim in this and everything like that. It's like, yeah. okay, good speech. Ended there. It didn't go too long. I like that. But for that to be like the catalyst that they use to be like, we need to break up. And it's like, God damn it, movie. You were doing so well. Why'd you have to? It really was. Yeah, no, no, they, they really were doing well. But I and I want to speak to what you said about Jonah Hill showing his dramatic chops. I like the monologue he gave to Akbar where he kind of rips into him a little bit. He says, you know what, man? I've been trying so hard with you. I've been respectful. I've been, you know, a good son-in-law. Like, you know what? I'll never, ever know what it's like to be a black man, but I know what an asshole looks like. Mm-hmm. I said, ooh, that's a good, that's a nicely written monologue. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it. I kind of say that Jonah Hill's acting chops definitely went full force in some of those scenes. And that's mm-hmm. one of them where, yeah, it's I, I completely forgot that we hadn't even mentioned that part yet. But yeah, it's it's such a good scene where he goes, look, I, I was doing stuff at a bachelor party because you're supposed to have fun there. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be when you go and you do the goofy shit that you can't do every t- other time and you're supposed to get it all out of your system there. And instead, you came with the sole intent of making it so I didn't have any fun and mission success. I had the worst time of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I lo- I love both I I like both of their speeches um yeah, I mean, Amira, Amira said what she needed to say to Shelly because, you know, black women do go through that a lot with, you know, you know, white women and, you know, white people that let off microaggressions and uh, feel like they're helping, but they're not really helping. They're kind of adding on to the aggressions. You know what I mean? Uh, but, yeah, I liked it, you know. Um, and, you know, there's the resolution at the end where they get back together three months later. I want to say for all like, like for all of this funny there are some moments where I'm like, I was really eye rolling, like, all right, really, you're going to add in the slavery Holocaust fight? Like, come on. Oh, I forgot they're, about that. Yeah. I was I was like, they're both tragedies. Let's let's move forward. Like, it's, it's apples to oranges. I, I Like, it, 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 it's always a tense argument that just ne- doesn't need to be argued in the first place. But I um for, for all of this worth, I feel like this was a very entertaining movie. I thought I felt like it was solidly funny. 
I love the charisma, the charisma between uh, the chemistry between Eddie Murphy and Jonah Hill. I like to see more of it, like you said. Um, I'm a, a solid down the middle three to me. This is a three point five. It, this movie hmm. shines on some of its humor and everything like that. Obviously, Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy make the best unseen duo in a comedy that I've seen in a while. And hmm. it, it just I, it, a lot of it is cliched, but the cliches work. I'd say the weakest part of this movie is the ending where they play the whole, you know, after three months, their parents change ways or whatever, and they decide, mm. oh, we had to ha- let this wedding happen. And then they pull a surprise wedding on them after they haven't even talked in three months. And it's like, that yeah, that, that would be smart. creepy. <laughs> if that were to happen in real life, that would be so creepy. I know if that happened to, to my, my union, my wife would be pissed. Right. Like, you're telling me I, I can't even wear my dress? I'm not doing this. I'm just shutting all this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no woman, no bride would would go with that. Yeah, th- this wasn't a happy ending. This was a pipe dream. <laughs> uh, no, it was a rushed ending to end the movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess at the end of the day, I mean, I kind of knew this going in. I kind of had hope we would get like a curveball, but you people's the winner here. I mean, it's just—it's just what I was saying. By a landslide, it's you know the two movies show exactly how to play this kind of movie and how not to play this kind of movie. I I like that. I like that. That's 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 a good way of looking at it. How to play it, how not to play it. Definitely, definitely. Um. All right, man. Before we get out of here, quick after show topics. Uh, my wife and I started The Last of Us. We haven't finished it, but we started it and. Man, I gotta say, I'm I'm halfway, almost halfway through the first episode, and this is this is a masterpiece. Oh, you're not even I done like with the first episode yet. No, 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 no. We watched it late at night, and we had to stop. But, um, dude, uh, seeing the prologue and how it matched up with the prologue I saw in the game, and seeing the characters come to life, like this is very well made. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that first episode, even though you know exactly what's gonna happen, it doesn't hit any less hard. As it's happening in the show. Absolutely not. And I remember there was a statement that some of the showrunners said that, or I can't remember it was a showrunner or one of the writers that said Mm -hmm. that making the move from a video game to a a live action thing is, it's a lot more emotionally impactful because you're watching it happen to real people instead Mm -hmm. of digital characters. And a lot of people were like, oh, they're, they're mocking the game and stuff like that. But I think that they were accurate with what they said, where you can see something happen in like a CG kind of sequence, but seeing somebody act it out in real person has such a different impact to the same exact scene and the fact that they took the scene one for one the way that it was originally in the game also helped immensely because in the back of my head, I'm going, I know how this ends. And it ends the exact, it plays it perfectly the same as the game. But seeing Pedro Pascal in that situation instead of just, mm-hmm. you know, Joel from the game, it's so... It's sad. It is. Yeah, and I like the buildup, too. The buildup was very nice. Um so yeah, we're uh we're 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 get we're going through that right now. Um anything you've been watching? 
Uh, so I decided to actually go through and watch the rebooted version of Fruits Basket. Back in like two thousand early 2000s, this was an anime that had come out and everything like that. But when it came out, it had a very low budget and it just was able to do about the first like third of the story or so. Mm-hmm. And 2019 came, they decided to give it another shot and do the full story in its entirety. And mm-hmm. I got to say that they did a great job with bringing that one from the original source material, the manga that it's based off of. Cause mm-hmm. I remember back in the early two thousands getting to like the point where the anime ended there. And I was so angry with that's the point that they ended the anime I actually picked up the manga to finish the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So getting to see the entire thing played out in a full length anime was really nice. Okay. Okay. So you like it so far? You uh, watched the whole thing? I, I binged through the entire thing, so I already oh, okay. finished it. <laughs> okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, man, well, I'm glad you enjoyed that. So, like, what's that What what's that show about, the Fruits Basket show? So it's a very, like, wholesome kind of slice-of-life anime uh, taking mm-hmm. place in a world where, you know, the Zodiac spirits for the chinese zodiac are actual curses put on people so if they come in contact with somebody of the opposite sex they end up turning into the animal that they're cursed with and they're basically Mm. as a result they have to kind of live their lives very peacefully and everything like that to make sure that they don't you know they can't fall in love with anybody they can't have relationships with people because they would literally turn into an animal if they came in contact with those people. So it plays with that kind of aspect. You have a very wholesome aspect of somebody coming into their lives that doesn't know their family and everything that I'm trying to say this without spoiling anything. And it's kind of, well, yeah, you, you, yeah. Don't, don't spoil it. Is this a comedy? It is a comedy. It's a slice oh, of life, okay. like drama comedy, uh, but yeah, it, it has a lot of like heart to it and everything like that. It's it's like one okay. of the most wholesome kind of animes out there where it, you don't have the whole thing where it, there's no fight scenes or anything like that. It's not an action show at all. It's basically about high schoolers that are dealing with family problems. Everybody has like their past kind of thing. Uh, it gotcha, does get gotcha. very dark at some points. Yeah, I but, can imagine. That sounds like a sad life. Yeah, but at, overall, it's a fantastic story. I love it. And okay. yeah, it was really good to kind of get to see this played out in a full anime, because when they first announced, it, I was like, OK, I, I remember aspects of that. And it seems like an odd choice to go back and decide to redo that one because I didn't know it had such a huge fan base. But apparently it does for good reason as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, that sounds good. Um, oh, I wanted to tell you, I finally watched the uh, I watched the last season of Atlanta. Uh, terrific, masterful. I uh, I will never look at Goofy movie the same way again. Uh, <laughs> you you know that that whole uh, documentary was fake, right? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure, because there's so many people that think that that was a real documentary oh they, they did such a great job with it because it really came off like a documentary you would oh, watch yeah. on like um bt or vh1 or something it was so well done uh i love that i love how people watch tar 
and, and feel like Tara is a real person and not Kate yeah. Blanchett. <laughs> they like, yo, Lydia Tar, I never knew this about her. I'm like, you know, Lydia Tar is not real, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's literally Kate Blanchett. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love that. Uh, yeah, that last season of Atlanta is. How did you feel about the ending? Oh, dude, I loved it so much because listen. Um, so I feel like there's two ways you can look at it. So you can look at it in a way in which, um, you know, uh, a spoiler alert for people who haven't seen it by now. You can look at it in a way as if like, uh, okay, Darius is awake now. You know what I'm saying? He's awake and he's smiling because he's awake and it's not. it all wasn't a dream. I looked at it in a way as that like the whole show was a dream. Mm-hmm. And that explains why why it's so surreal. Uh, yeah, it's I, I I'm debating which way I want to interpret it as because both ways that it takes it, it it there's evidence for both ways. Yeah, there's evidence for both ways, and it's not like one of those ways ruins the show where you're like, oh, if that ends up being what it is, that ruins things. Both not of them just add so much steam under that show in different directions that you're like. Well, that explains this and this and this. But if it's the other way around, that also explains a lot of like Darius's actions where he thinks that he's in a dream with Dude, a lot of the things that he's doing. <laughs> it's the only explanation for something like Teddy Perkins, bro. That, <laughs> that's the only explanation. For, that's a sensory deprived surreal dream. That's what that is. Like, like I said, that's genius. Um, but I wanted to say... You go back to the pilot episode before uh, Alfred shoots the dude, and um, he goes. Uh, there's a moment where Darius looks around and goes, "Man, I got deja vu. I've been here before." And I was like, "That's the moment. That's the moment where everything became a dream." Like, if if you're going with that theory, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it just makes sense to me. I've always taken the show as just a great surreal comedy, but to add meaning to the surrealism, like, I feel like that's a great theory. Yeah. I uh, absolutely fan. I think I said so back when I first watched it and was telling you, you got to watch it. Uh, mm. One of the better finales for a TV show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I loved it. I, I thought it was a great series finale. Um, I like where they left a lot of things off. I feel like there was like great conclusions to a lot of characters throughout the episodes. Um the camping trip episode wasn't my favorite, but it was needed to add closure to like Earn and Van. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like it was a nice quiet episode. I give it that. Yeah. Every character got their fairy tale ending, more or less. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it was great. Um, yeah, man. Well, that's it for me. Uh, is that it from you? That's it for me. All right, folks. This has been another great episode of DFV. Uh Hope you're enjoying your uh, Super Bowl Sunday. I hope you hope whatever team you want to win wins. Uh, let us know which one you think wins out of this. You people or our family wedding. If you say uh, OFW, I, I might have to look at you a little crazy. But, you know, <laughs> all opinions are welcome here. Uh, all opinions are welcome here. Uh, don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Don't forget to keep watching movies. Uh, see you on the next one.